You're listening to Rody and Linelli. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. With Richard Rodewalt. Richard, what were you doing? And Greg Linelli. Calm down, Greg, it's soccer. Brought to you by Fandings. He touches me. These are your competitors, Richard Rodewalt and Greg Linelli. You guys in MySpace or? It is the Rodie and Linelli show. Back. It's hump day. It's hump day. Let's get over the hump, everybody. I'm excited. I'm excited for today's show. Tripod's over there. He's nursing something. I'm not feeling too well. I think he has a little bit of what I had with the. Losing of the voice, sore throat. So you sit over there, sip your tea, tripod. But I'm excited today. But what I, I'm going to need everybody to wake up, Las Vegas. Wake up and start your day with me today. Trey Essex, our good buddy T-Sex, going to stop by, talk some sports with us. I know, look, I'm sure we'll talk about the Cavs game five tonight. And I know he's going to want to just give me the business. So I'm prepared for that. I'm prepared to go at Trey Essex like I would on the Fanning Sports Debate app. The Rodeo Linelli Show enhanced by the Fanning Sports Debate app. The topics of today's show you can find over there and debate against the other users and listeners of this fine show here on 670 Score powered by Yahoo Sports Radio. Download it to your iPhone for free. When you download it, use the RL Vegas promo code. But Trey Essex is going to stop by and former Florida State head coach, Bobby Bowden, the winningest college football coach of all time. We, he took a few minutes to catch up with us, talks some college football, football life. Maybe we'll uh, get a couple stories out of him this morning, see what we can get from Coach Bowden. I, I always I always enjoy talking to Coach Bowden. But, but let's get into it. Some money being handed out. UCLA. I saw it. $280 million from Under Armour? $280 million from Under Armour. And I must say, apparel-wise, Under Armour, I like what Under Armour's been doing lately. But you're making it substantially harder for talk show hosts like myself who are in that corner of don't pay the college athletes a salary. Do not make them employees. You're making it a lot harder for guys like us with deals like this. Look, good for you. That is a lot of money, UCLA. That's fantastic for you. But when these athletes see money like that being shelled around so that UCLA can go to their team shop and sell Josh Rosen's jersey, who, by the way, had some words about it saying, remember, we're just amateur athletes. I sense a little Johnny Manziel. Out of him, by the way. Likes to party. Catch him in the hot tub with the girl from Arizona State who had the sign up. Look, enjoy your life. You're in college. Live it up. You're not a professional yet. And guess what? Not being a professional is what allows you to act like that. Because you get on the payroll where you're getting a six-figure salary to be a college football player, Josh. College isn't going to like that too much. You're going to get in a little bit of trouble for some of those actions. But you're making it extremely hard for me and guys like me, guys and gals like me, who believe college athletes should not be paid. 
again, I'll go back to this and I'll say it over and over and over again. Let them benefit from their likeness, from their brand, and things of that nature. But do not in any way, shape, or form make them an employee. You just can't do it. $280 million. I, I, there was a time, I want to say maybe late 90s, early 2000s, where Reebok made a push at Nike. Will we ever see Nike not be the the apparel leader, especially when it comes to sports? I mean, Under Armour's doing some big things. I think they're making a run at them. But I think it's got to... I don't know that we'll ever get to the day where Nike surpasses... Is surpassed by another... They were just able to hand out LeBron James... I think it was a a billion dollar lifetime contract. Off of a shoe deal. LeBron James became a billionaire. The 1% of the 1%. Billionaires in this country. Off of a shoe deal. Off of a shoe deal. That's crazy. That's absolutely nuts. Good for him. But will we ever see a day where Nike surpassed by an Under Armour, an Adidas? You remember um, when Stefan Marbury was making his own shoes? Those were fun times. We enjoyed that. So anyways, good for UCLA. Good for their program. Um, that's these guys are going to start getting paid. They're they're it's just going to happen. It's going to happen. Le'Veon Bell hurt last year. I'm looking forward to seeing him play again. He is was one of the most explosive, dynamic athletes in the NFL before his injury. He said he thinks that Bengals and certain other teams intentionally try to hurt him um there's some bad blood between the Steelers and Bengals I think we all saw that play out in the playoff game when Antonio Brown got injured but look I I I think there's a line between guys are trying to hit you as hard as possible and make you feel it and guys are trying to injure you that's honestly just I think there's a line there and that's bold to say that especially when you call out a certain team to say that they're trying to injure you that's it's a bold it's a bold move cotton it's a bold move so um you know we'll see we'll see what comes of it I hope whatever does come of it, my hope is that we see a a, a healthy Le'Veon Bell this year because he is as dynamic as it gets running the ball, catching the ball, blocking out of the backfield. And he's still on a rookie deal. I do not want to see him be injured. I do not want to see him down. He is still on his rookie deal. So he's going to get paid. And you got to believe it's going to be by the Steelers. Coming up next, told you we'd bring him in here. Head coach, Bobby Bowden. Tripom's got him ready on the line, so we're going to have to get to it after the break. Winning as head coach 
in college football history, the great Bobby Bowden. You're listening to the Rodian Lanelli Show. Debating sports is a part of everyday life for millions and millions of sports fans all over, not just the United States, but the world. Greg and I talk and debate sports every day on our talk shows, but it doesn't just end there. Greg, tell them where we can continue our conversation. Well, Rody, it's the Fandings app. It's available in the App Store for your iPhone right now. The topics you hear us discuss and debate on our show daily are up for debate on the Fandings app for you to not just debate with one another, but also with us. Who was the best running back to walk away from the NFL early? And you say Jim Brown, but your friend says Barry Sanders. Come over to the Fandings app. Not only is it the perfect forum with no restrictions on the length of your response, but people will view and judge your debate as it's happening. So you want to bring your A-game and facts if you want to convince the judges that your answer is the right one. That's all I have to say about that. Plus, the more you play, judge, and win, the more you work your way up the ranks. Check out your very own fan card that you can personalize with your own bio and picture. Reach new levels with every victory, and you can earn cool prizes along the way. So download the Fannings after your iPhone for free right now and start debating right away. You don't want to miss out on all this fun. Are you looking for an entertaining and informative sports talk show? Are you listening? Look no farther than the Rody and Lanelli Show with Richard Rodewall. First of all, let me say. Oh, boy. I've never been as close to literally not giving a damn. And Greg Lanelli. In your moment of rage, is it worth it? There is no better way to start your morning than with the Rody and Lanelli Show from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. Monday through Friday right here on AM670 powered by Yahoo Sports Radio. This is Chris Dingman. You're listening to Rody and Lanelli on Fanding. Welcome back, Rody Lanelli Show. Richard Rodewalt, Greg Lanelli, not here. He will be back later this week. Joining us now, one of my all-time favorites. Love catching up with him, Coach Bobby Bowden. Coach, how are you? Good. How you doing? I'm I'm hanging in there. You know, you and I, the show's airing in Vegas, but Coach, we're sweltering in this late May, early June Florida heat, aren't we? Yo, as usual. <laughs> you getting out to swing the clubs at all? You getting out and about? Yeah, I've got to go to uh, Mobile, Alabama today to play in a tournament over there. Okay, well, let's you bring up Alabama. There was a couple weeks ago, you, there was an interesting article. You talked about Nick Saban and Bear Bryant. You kind of broke them two down as coaches. Um, yep. What is it you like so much about Coach Saban and, and what he's doing in this era of football? I like his record. <laughs> Who can top it? I, I mean, you know, he just kind of stands out right now. If he can, you know, it's it's just a matter of how long he's going to go. You know, people people ask me to compare Bear Bryant with him. I think uh, Coach Bear has done all he can do, and Saban's not through yet. So we just need to let it play on out. Coach Bobby Bowden joining us here on the Rodeo Lanelli Show. Coach, there was a, another story recently come out about Jimbo Fisher possibly making the jump to the NFL. Why was there any ever 
ever any intrigue from you to make that jump to the NFL, and what kept you from going to the pro game? No, I, I, I had several opportunities to go into the pros, but I'd just rather coach college athletes than the professionals. Can you talk about the difference between coaching the college athletes and the, the professionals who are making the millions and millions of dollars? Well, yeah, that was, that was one thing. I kind of hated to coach guys making more than me. <laughs> <laughs> coach Bobby Bowden joining us here on the Rodeo Lanelli Show. When you look at the college game today, Coach, I don't, I don't think there's ever been an era where – the difference from college to pro is as vast as it is now. The college games is open up, spread, and defense, in my opinion, is, is really, really lacking and now starting to show at the next level. What do you attribute that to? Well, football goes in cycles, and right now we're, we're in an offensive cycle. We're, we're in a cycle where defenses can't hardly handle the offenses. And, uh, but, you know, it's been that way down through football. Sometimes defense will dominate for about 10 years, then offense will dominate for 10 years. They figure, they figure each other out and find a way. And uh, so defense is having a rough time now, keeping up with all these good athletes that they have nowadays. And uh, I imagine they'll continue to in, incre- uh, improve, try to improve their speed, probably play more defensive backs and take out some of those bigger guys, you know. That's, that's what it's going to take to keep up with these offenses. Coach, when you're looking at your college football team, it all starts and ends with the quarterback position. If you go into fall and even spring camp unsure at the quarterback position, what do you do as you're having those quarterback battles to, to try to ready your team because it's such an important position? Well, it, it does make it iffy. If, you, if you're not sure who your quarterback is or if you're not sure if you have a quarterback – and uh, that, that, is, that is the key. I mean, you simply have got to play great at quarterback if you're going to win. Can you talk about the two-quarterback system? Do you believe that that can be effective? Well, if, if, it, it, if it's used properly, but it is hard to do, I think every coach prefers one quarterback and build their offense around him. Now, if you have two, you might have two different uh, types. And you had to figure out two offenses, which you have a hard time planning for. So I think coaches prefer one, you know. But if, if, if you hadn't got one, then you might have to piece two of them together. Now, Steve Spurrier was good at that. I remember the days where he'd play one one play on another one the next play, you know. But it'd take a special skill to do that. Former Florida State head coach Bobby Bowden joining us here on the Rodeo Lanelli Show. Coach... We're a couple months out from the football season. I know we're all getting football fever already this time of year as we get into these dog days of the summer looking forward to. What are some of the things you're looking forward to seeing this this season? Well, it's always look at, it's always good to see who's, who's going to step out front. Uh, you know, we, we have these preseason picks, and we have we pick some players that we preseason think are going to be the best, and there's always some dark horse that jumps up in there, you know. And uh, there's so many interesting, you know, is, is Chubb going to come back at Georgia? Uh, is, are they going to be able to keep Fournay healthy at uh, LSU and things like that uh, that makes it, makes it exciting and, and, you, and you can't wait to see the results. What are your thoughts on the playoff system, Coach? Have you liked it so far? Do you like the way it used to be? What would you do to change it? 
Well, I like the way it used to be because that's what I had always played under, and uh, it was always good to us. You know, we got into quite a few national championship games, but so then they so so then they go to the playoff with four teams. I didn't know how it would be, but I think after it's been done, I think it's very very it, it gives more teams chance to win a national championship. If you had to pick one of the teams from the state of Florida to contend for the national championship this year, which one are you taking? Who I, who do I think in the, in the state of Florida? I think Florida State's still just a jump ahead of the other schools. I know they're trying to catch up, and if they do things right, they probably will. But right now, I think Florida State is just a step ahead. If they can if they can get great quarterback in this year, they could be the team to beat. If you when you look at Miami and what they have going on down there, it seems like they've been really in the rut since the early 2000s. Is it bad for college football that Miami is not a, a, a power like they used to be? Well, it's not bad for all the other teams. You know, <laughs> it might be for them, but with, with Mark Rick there, I think that stabilizes their program. And if he can, can if he can get the top kids down there in South Florida, he can play with anybody. Former Florida State and West Virginia head coach Bobby Bowden joining us here on the Rodie and Linelli Show. Uh, coach, I think right now we're at a point where Nick Saban and Urban Meyer are head and shoulders one and two as far as coaches in college football. I think we'd all agree on that. Who who are a couple more that you would throw in there to round out that top five? And is, is Jim Harbaugh a tad bit overrated being that he hasn't really won anything yet? No, I don't think he's overrated. I believe he's, I believe he's got what it takes and he's He's, he's putting a, a different pos, position on college football, no doubt about it. He's having an effect. You know, they have an award out here to see who can open up the most camps. And uh, and so I think he's, a, I think he's a, a plus for Michigan. I think last year showed it. I don't think it was luck. I think it's the way he coaches. And uh, I think you can expect him to get back into the national picture now, along with Ohio State and Alabama and some of these teams that are always up on top. Who are some of the other coaches you like? I think Dabo Swinney's another coach on the rise. Where do you, and where do, what do you make about the Les Miles situation at LSU? How would you have felt as a coach if uh, it, you know you're going into the last game of the season and you're hearing all these rumblings they're going to get rid of you, and then all of a sudden they bring you back? Well, that comes with a game. That comes that comes with a with a prof- profession, and you you realize it when you go in. And he happens to be in one of those situations where he continually gets good football players. And therefore, they expect him to win every year. And uh, I'll tell you what, one of these days he's going to put it together again and win him a dead gum championship. He's pretty dang got a great situation there, you know. But uh, I, I think Dabo is one of the outstanding young coaches coming up. I doubt if there's any, any better than Jimbo Fisher right here at Tallahassee, Florida, you know. But uh, they just keep coming. There's no end to it. You know, you it's, it's a tough profession, boy, because there's only one thing people will accept, and that's winning. Everybody can't win. Former Florida State head coach Bobby Bowden joining us here on the Rodeo Linelli Show. Coach, there's been a lot made recently about athletes and getting paid. And How should we really approach this? Because I'm still steadfast in the camp that you, you can't really pay them because then they're employees. And you, yeah. the biggest reason you can't pay them, in my opinion, is because then you have to pay all the sports. And unfortunately, the swimming and archery team don't generate the revenue that the football team does. So what do we do yeah. about this? Well, and also there's some teams that can afford that. Not many. True. I mean, you know, Alabama could afford it. You know, but but can Vanderbilt or could some of these teams that are on the edge? You know, 
And uh, so, you know, when I was in college back in the 40s and 50s, you got room, board, tuition, book, fees, and $15 a month. Now, that $15 was supposed to be, it was called laundry money, but you could spend it any way you wanted to. Well, $15 back in those days would probably be worth $150 to $200 today, you know. Now, back then, nobody said anything about it. It was just accepted. You're going to get $15 a month. And so I think they need something similar to that, Uh, nothing extravagant. They don't need anything extravagant, you know, but just something that – because I remember in Florida State, I'd have boys come to school that had no money, and on weekends they just had to sit in their room and twiddle thumbs, you know, (laughs) because they didn't have money. And it would have been nice to have – a hundred a month or something like that, where they could maybe go to a movie with a girlfriend or, or something. But I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to see it to get out of hand because, like you say, you just mentioned. I think you mentioned a very key factor. If you do it for football, you have to do it for all those other scholarships, and it, that'll break most universities. Coach, when you're managing your roster, your staff, you got a hundred some players running around between the scholarship and the non-scholarship players. How important is it to have people on your staff around you that you trust? to Because to, you can't be all places at once keeping tabs on these kids, especially in today's day and age with the social media and stuff. No, you're, you're exactly right. Uh, trust is a very big thing. If you don't have trust between your head coach and the assistant coaches, you, you're going to fail. It's going to fall apart somehow because the boys will detect it. They'll choose sides. And so uh, you've you, you got to have loyalty up and down the line, you know, to, to be success. When you go sit in the living room with some of these recruits, some of them are a little rough around the edges. You, you want to help mold them into better young men as well as football players. Where do you draw the line between maybe some of the attitude, the off-the-field issues, and just, man, this kid's a player. i got to have him in here. Well, I think when you're recruiting, you've got to do a real good job of researching all the boys that you sign, all the boys you're trying to recruit. And uh, I think most coaches do a, do a good job of that. It used, used to be when we recruited, we'd, number one, go check their grades and see if they could get in school and see if we thought they could finish school there, you know. And then, then but we would always go by and try to check their character. We'd talk to their coach. We'd talk to their professors. We'd talk to their parents. Uh, if they had one or whoever the guardian was, and we talked to their girlfriend, everybody we could to find out what kind of character he had. And if it if it wasn't good enough, you, you better drop him, you know, because if, if he can't be handled in his community, you're going to have a hard time handling him in yours. Former Florida State head coach Bobby Bowden joining us here on the Rodeo Lanelli Show. Coach, let's, let's go back to, to West Virginia and your time there. And, and I want to talk about – um, there's all, obviously everybody knows the scene in the movie. Can you talk about the impact that the Marshall situation had on college football and how big that was living through it firsthand? Well, it was real big because I was at West Virginia, head coach at West Virginia when that occurred. Now, going back to that that job, I was offered that job uh, two years before before uh, they got their head coach. And I decided to stay at West Virginia. I was assistant, but I felt like I could might get a bigger job. And so the coach came in and took the job. Of course, the plane crashed, 
and killed everybody on it. And I knew a lot of people on there because I had tried to recruit some of those boys. And plus, I knew their co- a lot of their coaches and, uh, and administrators, you know, that got killed. So it was a sad thing in the state of West Virginia. And then they made that movie, We Are Marshall. Uh, they sent me a copy of it. It was very authentic. It was very real. They, they didn't try to play it up and make a fancy story out of it. They told it like it was. The, the movie is pretty real. And it's, it, uh, it really it, it tells you what's important in life, really. Coach, we appreciate the time. Before we let you go, one more question. We all know about the stars that come through, the Charlie Wars, the Chris Winkies, all those type of guys. Can you share a couple stories or a story about some of the some of just your personal favorites that you had about you know coming through the system and maybe some more unheralded guys that we never really heard of and they were just a real joy to coach and then just some of your favorite stories that uh, occurred over your time coaching. Well, I had a lot of favorites, and uh, but uh, there's a there's a good story there between Chris Winkie and Charlie Ward. Charlie Ward took us to a national championship. We won a national championship, our first one. Then about six years later, Chris Winkie takes us to, he took us to three straight national championship games. We only won one of them, and uh, but but the, the amazing thing about it is Charlie Ward and Chris Winkie were completely opposite of each other. Charlie was uh, probably close to six foot six one, probably weighed 185 pounds. Great runner, great speed. Great leader, but quiet as a mouse. Didn't say much. He led by doing. Chris Winkie was about six foot four, six foot five, about two twenty-five, and more. I think when he came to Florida State, he was twenty-five years old because he had played four or five years of pro baseball, and uh, he just took over the team. And he was quite a leader, and he was very vocal in his leadership. The boys looked up to him because of his age and everything. But they were just opposite in the way they handled themselves. Their demeanor was different. They were both good people, though. They were both good, honest, uh, godly men, and uh, that made us a success. Coach, thanks so much for taking the time. I look forward to catching up a little bit in the future, and my best to you until, until that time. Hey, thank you, buddy. You take care here. There he goes, former Florida State and West Virginia head coach Bobby Bowden joined us here on the Rodi Linnelli Show. Always great to catch up with Coach and just get some of those stories. And you hear him talk about when he played in the 1940s. I mean, just stuff like that just blows my mind. Coming up next, my man, T-Sex, going to join the program. Talk a little more football, and I'm sure he's going to want to rub the calves in my face a little more. It's the Rodi Linnelli Show. The following is a public service announcement brought to you by the Fandings Sports Debate app. Debating sports is a part of everyday life for millions and millions of sports fans all over, not just the United States, but the world. Greg and I talk and debate sports every day on our talk shows, but it doesn't just end there. Greg, tell them where we can continue our conversation. Well, Rody, it's the Fandings app. It's available in the App Store for your iPhone right now. The topics you hear us discuss and debate on our show daily are up for debate on the Fandings app for you to not just debate with one another, but also with us. Who was the best running back to walk away from the NFL early and 
You say Jim Brown, but your friend says Barry Sanders. Come over to the Fandings app. Not only is it the perfect forum with no restrictions on the length of your response, but people will view and judge your debate as it's happening. So you want to bring your A-game and facts if you want to convince the judges that your answer is the right one. That's all I have to say about that. Plus, the more you play, judge, and win, the more you work your way up the ranks. Check out your very own fan card that you can personalize with your own bio and picture. Reach new levels with every victory, and you can earn cool prizes along the way. So download the Fannings app to your iPhone for free right now and start debating right away. You don't want to miss out on all this fun. Are you looking for an entertaining and informative sports talk show? Are you listening? Look no farther than the Roadie and Lanelli Show with Richard Rodewall. First of all, let me say. Oh, boy. I've never been as close to literally not giving a damn. And Greg Lanelli. In your moment of rage, is it worth it? There is no better way to start your morning than with the Rodie and Lanelli Show from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. Monday through Friday right here on AM670 powered by Yahoo Sports Radio. You don't have to listen to us to make up your mind as to how great the Fanning Sports Debate app is. Just listen to longtime NFLer Nick Ferguson. We have these barbershop debates all the time, and it's a great way for individuals to kind of put that conversation on social media and allow others to kind of chime in. So it's a way of finally having those debates, and it is, it's really fun. So if you don't have the app, you know, I encourage you to get it and also engage in, in what I call wise, respectable commentary. And I just put it that way. Banding. Banding sports will never be the same. Hey, it's me, the fabulous sports fan, and it's Rody and Anelli. Listen to them right here. You're going to love them, I promise you. <laughs> Welcome back, Rody Lanelli Show. Richard Rodewalk, Greg Lanelli, not here. Tripods hanging out with us. And I was reluctant to do this, but I have to go ahead and give him the platform because he he's earned it, and he's still going to be there with me at the victory parade. Trey Essex, T Sex. <laughs> what victory parade? Come on now. Are you sure about that? We got Game Five tonight in Cleveland. We're going to handle home court, and everything's going to be our. Look, I'm three seconds away from drinking bleach if they if they get out slow tonight. So you need to just be with me. Look, I'm going to take it easy on you because I still think Cleveland will win this series, but they are doing not doing as well as people thought. And this this Toronto team is they're not going down easily. Well, I'm, they seem to have found something that's working for them. So, well, I'll say this: in the second half of Game Four, the Cavs figured it out. Um, they won the third and fourth quarter. They had just dug themselves such a hole. They got to come out ready to play from the jump. Like that's the most frustrating thing. Is it's it's like they didn't come ready to play either night. That's true. You know what? And, and you got to give a lot of credit to credit to Toronto though, oh, because a ton. in the past when Cleveland went on those runs against the Detroit against the Atlantis when the game was close in the first half they folded they did the other the opposing team would fold but Toronto didn't Kyle Lowry hit big shots Biombo keeps on playing huge Can't for them but guy. he is the difference maker in this series so far he is uh pretty much neutralized Tristan Thompson's effect well that's that that's, he usually yeah. has on games which is 
probably one of the biggest things that people don't realize. He Tristan Thompson is such a difference maker for the Cavs, and he gives you guys so many second chance opportunities with his offensive rebounding. When you got a guy like Biombo down there, not only neutralizing him, but actually probably playing better than him and doing the same thing for Toronto that Tristan usually does for Cleveland, it changes the game. Well, I'll say this, though, about Biombo. He's he's doing a fantastic job, but at least in game four, they had four and five guys in the paint all night. They're daring the Cavs to take the three-point shot, and they're just not making them. That's what... That's what's blowing my mind. Now, in the second half, they did. They finally got their head out of their butt and started making the three-pointer, and that's why they came back. Yeah. They moved the ball. But in the first half of both these games, they're daring LeBron James to shoot the jump shot. They're daring them to take the three-point shot, and they're just missing shots that they've made all playoffs long, and that's what's kind of maddening and frustrating. Yeah, but the thing is, Cleveland's also a thought. They hit all those threes. They they broke the game record for threes in the game, and they fell in love with it. They all of a sudden they thought they were a three-point shooting team. And so instead of putting pressure and driving to the hole, trying to get the fouls, trying to get to the line of scrimmage, playing inside out first as opposed to staying outside, they, they, they think that they're a three-point shooting team. And I don't think that bodes well for them to have that mentality. Two-time Super Bowl champ Trey Essex hanging out with me today talking about some NBA playoffs. And we'll do this. We'll just talk sports, Trey. We don't keep it just to football. And I want to talk some more basketball here with you. Is there still any doubt in your mind that Cleveland wins the series? There's a little doubt. Oh, come There's on. definitely more than it was a couple of days ago. Come but on. I still think I'm probably 70-30 now as opposed to 95-5. Here's – and I've said this. I even said this on Twitter. And I'm, I'm waiting for the ribbing from you on Twitter. Um – I'm more upset that the Cavs are having to play extra games now, which are more opportunities for them to get hurt, than I am worried about them losing this series. <laughs> you guys, you Cleveland fans, got this little air about you now, huh? You uh, just, you just know that it that is. Look, that was a promise to you. And that's a, usually when you think that that higher self. That's usually when you get you get humbled. It's not that. Quick it's there. In a hurry, they are top to bottom the better team if they show up for four quarters. That's, it should I don't be know about that, that because the regular season wouldn't say that. The regular season. And he had trouble with Toronto during the regular oh, season come as well. On. Don't so give me the regular season stuff. Don't give me the regular season stuff. Detroit beat the Cavs twice in the regular season too. We can go there. I'm just saying though. I mean, you're two two in the series right now. I mean, besides um, you guys dominating the first two games. I mean, the series, is, it doesn't matter how many points you won by the first two games. What's more likely? The series is 2-2 going to Cleveland. And and actually, people thought this about Toronto going to Miami. They're playing with the largest chip on their shoulder right now because nobody has any confidence, any kind of faith that Toronto can, can hang with these guys. And they're proving it. They, like these last two games, they've proven that they can hang with them. They can frustrate Cleveland. They can make them shoot bad. They can score on Cleveland's defense. And well, they can – punch back when Cleveland goes on one of those vaunted runs that they always go on. So I don't want to count them out completely. What's more likely? Granted, I'll I think ask Cleveland's going to win. What's more likely, the Cavs go back to at least just playing average to above average like they're capable of doing, or DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry continue to set records for combined points in a night? All right. I mean, you're going to play the odds game. Of course, Cleveland's going to play back. I mean, have a better chance. But also – Look, I, I give against the Toronto team without their third best player. 
I, I Diablo's give, been playing yeah. out of his mind, but Valanciunas has not played one minute. Well, Valanciunas hurts he them. Also he he hurts a, them against the Cavs. The game. He hurts them against the Cavs. He doesn't get up and down the floor. He he would hurt them doesn't, against the Cavs. He would. It's he like gives them an option because Grant uh, Toronto's living on jump shots right now, and they're making them right now. But with Valanciunas in the game, they can slow things down and run it, run it inside out. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's definitely more yeah, he's, whatsoever. He's definitely still, more they, offensive. They still want two games. He's definitely more offensively skilled. I'll give you that one. Talking Cavs and Raptors with my man Trey Essex. So, look when I when I look at this, and I, I do want to give credit where credit is due to Toronto because the one thing I will say is, the last couple of games they've played fantastic defense, specifically in mm-hmm. the first half. And the one thing I will say is you cannot give a good defensive team hope. You you just can't do that. And that's where I blame Ty Lu for not having them ready to come out and play in game three. And then to me, he panicked in game four. He went away from his normal rotation, which led to LeBron James playing 46 minutes in game four. And he panicked. And you cannot do that against Toronto. Um I think that's kind of what got them a little bit out of rhythm with the jump shot as well. And then they settled back in and went back to what works in the second half. But Well, they said what works. You're saying that they're shooting threes and they were missing them. Well, they just happened to just make threes in that second half. Charlie Fry is the only reason you guys came back in that second half. Otherwise, it would have been a different game. I mean, they erased an 18-point deficit. They started actually playing defense, and that's what I mean when I say getting back to what that works. That was the biggest change. Yeah. When, when you no get, look, game three and game four, here's the problem. And the Cavs did this against Atlanta, and they did this against Detroit too. In the first half, they came out to find their offensive rhythm, and then in the second half, they locked out on defense. In game three, they only gave up 39 points in the second half. In game four, I want to say they gave up like 42, something like that. They're playing defense in the second half, and they have to do that for 48 minutes. They cannot dig themselves a hole. On the road, at home, you can get away with it. On the road, you can't dig yourself that hole because the role players are going to step up and knock down shots. And DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry are going to be more apt to get comfortable at home as opposed to on the road. So that's what I mean. true statement. That's what I mean when I say they got back. when, When I say you got back to doing what works in the second half they started defending i can't figure out for the life of me why anybody is going over and again this is falls on tyrone lou and schematically unless it's steph curry i can't figure out for the life of me why anybody goes over top of a screen that's set six feet behind the three-point line yeah i don't get that either it's almost it's almost putting your whole team into into like fast break mode on defense because everybody's scrambling now if Kyle Lowry wants to pull from six feet behind the three-point line, let him pull all day. Yeah. And you say, but going back to your last one, you saying that it was defense that got you back into the game. It also helped going 11 for 11 to start the fourth quarter. You know? You guys yeah, were not yeah. only playing defense, but you were hitting shots at an absurd rate as well. And I just don't think that's – that's why I give Toronto a chance. I don't think you guys are going to go 12 or 12 in fourth quarters, both the remaining two or three games that are left they in the series. They won't need to because they'll be up by 24 you know, they, in the fourth quarter. Say that again? They won't need to because they'll be up by 24 in the fourth quarter. <laughs> right. So what? even you, you got to have a little bit of hesitance. I'm perturbed. In the Cleveland. I'm perturbed that we're going into a game five that's a must win. I, I, it's not hesitant. It's, it's irritation. 
It's irritation because I've seen Kevin Love shrink in big moments, and uh, I've seen LeBron James shrink in big moments where it's all on his shoulders. Let's be honest. So I'm irritated that all the pressure is on this team to win a game five. What will that feeling be if they lose or if it's tied going into the fourth quarter? Will it be morning irritation? I, I will, will it actually be worry? I will turn into the guy from Major League where I turn all my hats inside out and cross out the logos on all of my shirts. <laughs> that will be me. Rally hats. <laughs> that will be me. Like You don't understand okay. the level of pissivity that will be with inside of me if they lose three yeah. in a row to the Toronto Craptors. And I will add fire to that flame, or I will add gas to that flame. I know you will. I know you will. Twitter. But it's not going to happen. Time of my life. And you're just you're enjoying this right now because you know that you're going to be with me at the victory parade. <laughs> you know that you're going to be with me. I'm enjoying me. this right now because I'm I'm predicting that there won't be a victory parade because if you guys are having this much trouble with Toronto, granted, Toronto won what? They were only one game behind you in the Eastern right. Conference, so they're right. not a bad team. They're actually probably one of the top five or six teams in the league they're an elite team as far as this year is concerned but still they're not Golden State and they're not OKC and if you're having problems Toronto don't talk to me about the finals going against either KD and Russell Westbrook or Steph Curry and crew oh come so, on that victory parade come on you must put a halt on that you think so so basically the Cavs in that series are going to be like the, the Raptors in this series in your eyes however regardless, you want to put it regardless it of would definitely team. not be because if they're having, if Kyle Lowry's going to thirty and DeRozan's going to thirty, if your defense can't stop them, what are you going to do with a Clay Thompson and Steph or a Russell Westbrook and KD? I don't know. It seemed like Matthew Dellavedova had a pretty good time with with Steph last year. It seemed like he really? did all right. Those first two games, and then he got tore up from. It's because he was dead. He was up. he was playing fifty six minutes a night. There's a reason Andre Iguodala was the Finals MVP last year, not Steph Curry. Oh, he deserved it. That reason is Matthew Dellavedova. It wasn't that Matthew Dellavedova was that good on Steph. It was that Iguodala was that good on LeBron. That good. LeBron averaged 37, 11, and 8 for but the series. But he gets percentage against Andre, though. It doesn't matter. He averaged 37, 11, and 8. LeBron should have been the but MVP shot like of the finals. But 40%. doesn't matter. Steph, shoots, Steph shot 44%. He's the MVP. Just because he took more Steph shots shot. than everybody else. No, but LeBron, if he's shooting all those shots and he's making all those points, but he's shooting at a much lower clip than he usually scored, it is not an efficient game plan for Cleveland. Well, look, you and I both know this. I those know. numbers don't tell the story. <laughs> Stop trying to take this from me, Trey. What are you doing to me? Let's hop over to the Warriors <laughs> and OKC series. Um, it, it, I, I want to ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Which would be the bigger disappointment? Because we were talking about this the other day, and I want to get your take on it. Which would be the bigger disappointment for them to not make it back to the finals, the Warriors or the Cavs? Warriors, hands down. See, I disagree. It's not even close. I disagree because I, I didn't predict the Warriors to make it to the finals to begin with. I thought it would be the Spurs to take them out. But when you look at how superior the Cavs are to the rest of the Eastern Conference, if you cannot make it to the NBA Finals, that is one of the biggest disappointments in sports. And I disagree with that because Toronto is proving that they're not that much superior. Um, they ran through Detroit and Atlanta, both good teams, but neither with extensive playoff experience. 
meanwhile, you have Golden State who won 73 games. Granted, if you picked them to start to make it to the finals at the beginning of the year, they ran through the regular season. They won 73 games, and they don't have to go against the second-best team in the NBA in the regular season in San Antonio. They were going against a team that they beat three times out of three this year in OKC. So for them, if they lose to this team and don't make it to the finals, I don't want to hear any of these young whippersnappers talking about Golden State beating the 96-97 Bulls oh. team in a, or in a final series because that wouldn't happen. This team, although they did make big accomplishments, they make big strides this year, winning seven three games. It's Look, remarkable. They're, they're a front-running team. That's what they are. I can't really call them that. They, I mean, they they get out yeah. and times are good, but you even look at the body language of Steph Curry when they get down and, and things aren't looking so good, and they all just look dejected. They look like they're all pouting all the time. Yeah, but they've only had to experience that like nine times this year. <laughs> well, so they've over they've overcome deficits before. I mean, against OKC, they overcame a fifteen point deficit in the last four minutes in a regular season. So yeah, they've been down before. They've dealt with this. They were champions. They were down 2-1 to Cleveland last year. By language or not, they know how to respond. I, I can – and I'm fine with either answer, Golden State or or the Cavs. I just think the Cavs, look, regular season record aside, that, that they're a far superior team talent-wise than anybody else in the East. And if you don't get out of the, fi- out of the Eastern Conference – that it's, that's a disappointment. Okay, that's a disappointment. I definitely understand that side of it. That's just a big disappointment. Like you, when you look at, when you look at, the Thunder and Golden State series. I know everybody's still on their honeymoon with Steph Curry, but you can make a case that the two best players in the game, in that series, are both on the Thunder's team. Uh, you could you really could make a case. You could really yeah. make that case that the Thunder are playing with the two best players in that series, both on their team. So, right. with all that being said, I, I just think it's a bigger disappointment if the Cavs don't make it. Draymond Green was not suspended for Game 4 before it was played last night. Um, how do you not retaliate to a shot to the nuts as an athlete? And I'm assuming that this you've been a part of many scrums and piles and things like that. What's the worst thing that's happened? You don't have to give any names if you don't want, but what's the worst thing that's happened to you in a pile? I know you get shot to it, but a whole handful of <laughs> rabbits situation where, you know, you thought he might want to take you out on a date before he does some t- stuff like that. Right. But this, yeah, you know, I didn't understand that. Regardless of intent or not, it was a, oh, he said, he, he even in an interview said that he tried to sell it. So the fact that he went above and beyond and that resulted it should have been a suspension, especially when you look at the Dante Jones situation the night before. I don't see how if he did what Draymond did, he would have got less of a penalty. You know? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I totally disagree. Obviously, at that point, the NBA is going to have an issue because it looks like Golden State is getting favoritism. And actually, they have an agenda. They want Golden State to want to get to the finals. To me, the NBA, to me, the NBA officials are the worst officials in all of sports. 
Um, obviously, a lot of people have a, a, an issue with NFL officials too. Can you give us a little insight on when you feel like you're getting a raw? How, how do you handle that within a game when you feel like you're getting a raw deal? Is there a certain way you approach a, an official, or in your case, would would Ben go and talk to him and say, you know, this is what's going on, things like that? Um, there's only been a few cases because I think NFL refs, for the most part, do a really good job. Um. It's only been a few cases where I thought they were picking on me and on the offensive line as a whole. And at that point, I'm really good at just trying to have a conversation. Good thing for us, they don't have technicals in <laughs> the NFL. Right. Because I will, I'm not shy to give a piece of my mind. And it takes a lot for a ref to throw an NFL player out of a game. So I try to talk to them. I get smart with him. I, I might say some choice words, and then I'll <laughs> tell Coach Tomlin, of course, and he'll go and talk to him. But, I mean, that's all you really can do is hope that they hear you and that they adjust accordingly. Um, but, I mean, they're going to call what they call. They're going to – I think they, they have a, a mindset going into a game, how they're going to referee a game, how they're going to up a game. Um and they stick to it, and they don't want to deviate from that, no matter who's talking to them or what, uh, what kind of effect they're having on the game. So, you can hope that your words and your, you know, you try to get through to them. You hope that it has an effect, but for the most part, I don't think it does. Do you believe in the old adage, if you're not treat, if you're not cheating, you're not trying? And, and I'm not talking about like steroids or anything like that. I'm talking about they say you could call holding on every play in the NFL. If you're not trying to get that, do you? put the ref in the position where I'm going to hold or I'm going to do this and it's up to you to make the call? Similar to no, flopping in the No, I don't believe that event. adage at all. No, I'm not going to – you could call holding, but there's, there's, there's a, there are guidelines that um, – Technique, right? If you your technique is to, right, you should yeah, be technique. okay. If your hands are inside, if you're holding a jersey on the inside, you're not going to get called for holding unless he's running away and there's a jersey that he can obviously see being pulled. But if your hands are inside and you got a hold of them, they're not going to call holding on you. That's just – that's an unwritten rule in the NFL. But I'm not going to go and and go and obviously hold them from the jersey or, like, put them in a bear hug in obvious situations just to, you know, I see the ref's not going to call it or he doesn't see it. That's just – that's not what I – that's not how I was coached coming up. I just don't believe in that. So – what do you think of all the flopping in the NBA? Because it's obviously to try to be competitive. It. I, I, I agree. Hate it. To me, oh it's almost goodness, to me, it's almost it. like admitting you're less you're less of a man. Like that's what I see when I see it the is. flopping. Especially when you're a big man. When you're six eight, two sixty. Come on, just use his name. Just use his name. Just use his name. And you get hit by an inadvertent tricep from your teammate, and you flop. 50 feet backwards as if you got shot in the jaw. It's the most annoying thing ever. It, it really, it makes, it pisses me off. It looks like soccer. And it's, it's like they got right. shot from a sniper. And not only that, just to, to deny it, he denied it in the post-game interviews. We're talking about LeBron James here, if you didn't know who <laughs> I was talking about. But how he... That, I don't have the words for how frustrated I am when I saw that. He's the best player on earth. He doesn't need to do that. 
And I know the argument is he gets fouled and they don't call it, so he has to sell it in order for the rest to see it because he's so strong and he might not go down from a normal man's, uh, uh, a human's foul. But no, you just, that's just, you've been born with a gift. With great power comes great responsibility, and the responsibility is not to flop. Don't do it, LeBron. Stop that. <laughs> Talking with my man Trey Essex here, two time Super Bowl champ. Trey, growing up in Indiana, Pacers fan or Bulls fan? Bulls fan. What are your What do your Bulls, Bulls do with Jimmy Butler and Derrick Rose? I want to give it one more year. I know the popular thing is to trade one of them, but I think you need to give it one more year. Give Derrick Rose a hopefully, whenever you say this, never happens. Not gonna work, but a healthy year. Him and Jimmy Butler, a whole off season, a healthy off season to work together. Yeah, I just got word that see what I happens. just got word that he woke up and sprained his toe, and he's out for forty. So that just came down. Touche. I mean, you're not going to get what you want in a trade for Derrick Rose right now. No. It's just not because he has that reputation around the league. He's in the last year of his deal. I mean, you risk getting nothing for him. I I know you got the home factor there for him in Chicago, but you got to believe he's going to go where the money is because trust me when I tell you, Derrick Rose is not one of those players that's going to get into broadcasting after his time in the league is done. (laughs) Exactly. So he's got to make his money now. Go ahead. He's got to make his money now. So right. if you're the Bulls and you can even get a first or a lottery pick for him, you entertain that, right? You entertain it, but I don't think a team will give it up. I just – I don't. I think his I reputation around the league is somebody that's just too far injury prone to to be dependable. Kind of a me player, especially too. Especially to invest that much money into him. I'll compare him to – He's the Bob Sanders of the NBA. You know, great oh, talent. from Iowa. When he's on the – yeah. Bob, Indianapolis Cole, Iowa. Defensive player to MVP, but he missed more games for injuries than he started. Right. And I think Derrick Rose is that type of player. Great talent, amazing. When he's on the court, he has an obvious effect when he's healthy. He's I, one of the more dominating players in the league, probably top 15 Top 20. At one point, he was top five, no doubt. I feel like we'll but, be talking um, about him in the same sense as Penny Hardaway, Grant Hill, guys like that. Yeah. Yeah. I And the thing is, I saw enough from him this year to, to say that he still has that explosiveness. Mentally, I don't think he'll ever get back to where he was, though. It, and yeah, I think that's what most NBA teams think. It, I, you, you have, as a Bulls, owner as a Bulls fan he had to hope that he regains enough confidence but if he's traded I think his mental goes down downhill I, I think it's already there you're not going to get the 30.7 assist a night guy ever again he he's maybe in that 18 to 20 point range guy and he'll give you five assists and hopefully play good defense for 36 minutes a night and you know what you'll take that if you're a lot of teams it's just we know what Derrick Rose was right Real exactly. quick, before we go, Trey, I want to get your thoughts on this. A couple of weeks ago, we had a chance to talk about a story where Jonathan Martin did an interview talking about Richie Incognito, again, him being a bully and blaming the locker room culture and how he's allowed to be a bully because of the locker room culture and yada, yada, yada. I just I want to give you open floor, open forum to just really get your thoughts on this story. 
It comes down to this. It's, it's simple. Not every person can handle an NFL locker room. Um, and also in the interview, Jonathan Martin also admitted that he's a little socially awkward. He even had a hard time in his high school and college locker rooms. He just couldn't assimilate. Couldn't quite fit in, you know, and and that's okay, you know. To each his own. He's his own person. Right. But I'm not going to expect don't the, like the fact. Huh? I'm not going to expect. The, I'm not going to expect the vegetarian to tear it up with me at the buffet. It's just not going to happen. It, Exactly. I mean, you are who you are. And unfortunately for him, the NFL locker rooms through history have just been a certain way. And it's not going to change overnight just because somebody is sensitive to that or just doesn't fit in. Um, He was a good football player, not great. And the only way that he can really, somebody got to have an effect on really changing the culture of an offensive line or of a, of a NFL locker rooms, if you're some kind of transcendent talent that a team can't do without, and he's just not that. Um, I don't like the fact that he continues to to bash Incognito. Um, he's he's served his time. Um, he is getting along great in Buffalo. Let bygones be bygones, and just live your life. You know, uh, right. Jonathan Martin's talking to kids now. That that seems to be working well for him. And I totally agree with the message he's trying to send, don't tolerate bullying. That's a message that everybody should hear, that everybody should adhere to. Have, stand up for yourself, you absolutely. Have, right. We both have, have kids. We want our ki- yeah, we both have kids. We want our kids to stand up for themselves. Right. But at the same time, you don't go around bashing somebody in the process. You know, I just – I don't agree with that. So, uh, Jonathan Martin, more power to him. Keep on doing your thing, but just – I mean, you – he, he's different, and you know, and it's the NFL locker room is not going to change. They'll weed out the players that don't fit in before they change the locker room, unless you just happen to be one of those guys that you can't, that team can't do without. So that's where I stand. Trey, we appreciate the time, buddy. We'll uh, do this again real soon, and and I'm sure I'll hear from you on Twitter as as game five progresses. Most definitely, most definitely. Beware. I'm coming in with all the artillery when <laughs> Cleveland is down 2-3. I appreciate it, buddy. No problem. Our guy, Trey Essex. I always have fun talking to Trey. It's it's so much fun back and forth, and we'll do it again soon. Appreciate him coming on. Appreciate Bobby Bowden taking some time to tell us some stories, talk some college football, give us his insight. It's not often you get a chance to talk to the all-time winningest coach in college football history. So thanks to Coach Bowden for taking the time to talk to us today. That'll wrap it up for us. Make sure you download the Fanning Sports Debate app to your iPhone. It's absolutely free. Coming up next, more Yahoo Sports Radio. We'll be back tomorrow. It's the Rodeo Linelli Show. What are you going to do? Maybe we should put on the dirty movie. I like the ones with a story. What? I like the ones with a white girl. You're listening to Rody and Linelli with Richard Rodewalt. You can grab a big old handful self full of something you don't want to do. Mmm. It's And Greg Linelli. Who wants it? Because I'm kicking your ass, I'm kicking your ass, and I'm definitely kicking your ass with a mustache. Give me a hell yeah! Mess you up! That's not going to be good for business. That's not going to be good for anybody. <laughs>